catching fire here as much as the heat index here in Arizona is reading 110 degrees. I've been just on a major clip of interviews with uh, all different types of young, hungry musicians looking to stretch vocabulary and music and uh, sort of inspire people to continue uh, to be themselves in this very interesting and dystopic time. And uh, a few months ago, I had a chance to go to Tree Fort Music Festival, not really knowing what to expect in terms of uh, all 500 bands. I kind of just knew the spirit would connect me with those that I was supposed to be connected with. And the uh, first band I got a chance to see was this uh, group called Guava Tree. It was led by my next guest and uh, full of vim and vigor, a lot of energy incorporating modern sounds with some old school beats and also just a lot of funk and raw rock and uh anyway it's been a, it's been a minute but uh Mowgli welcome back to the Jake Feinberg show thank you so much Jake it's so good to to be back and to hear your voice and yeah I'm excited hey uh you know I just wanted you to talk a little bit about um in your mind, the not necessarily even musically, just the progress that Guava Tree has made um, in terms of like trying to take the necessary steps to continue a forward motion as a working unit. Yeah, um, so we finally all moved into the same town and been forever. And uh, so we've been we've been hitting it pretty hard going every monday night and tuesday night and then every wednesday morning at 7 a.m whoa 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 whoa, that's i love that dude yeah it's been awesome the the drummers that they've been hitting hot yoga before the jam on wednesday morning oh my god yeah it's been really really cool our uh our percussion player dan just got a 40 inch gong and it's totally expanding our space jams just like the 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 dynamics that we can get from the percussion now like when we're huge he can just smack that gong and just make us even bigger and then when we're small he can oh just like my come on barely kind of this make is unreal it just man. makes us sound kind of far away you know it's so sick what do you i mean do you think that um obviously it's conducive to be in the same town but what is um the uh the uh, guava tree sort of um, methodology as it relates to practice. What I mean by that is like, you know, you listen to uh, Jim Hall or, or Sonny Rollins or, or some, you know, it doesn't matter what, what genre, but you know, a lot of the masters when they're, when they're practicing, they're playing beyond, they're playing beyond what they know. And uh, they're, they're, they're really not going through the same kind of, uh, they're not playing what they know they're they're playing and it sounds amazing i mean those guys why they're masters but you know how do you get it so that you're not just um can you talk a little bit about the kinds of things that you're doing to to go to go play and experiment beyond yeah. what you know because i mean i obviously even when i saw you guys clearly the tunes were already um instilled within you but how do you do it so that, that there's not like uh the the inevitable burnout right um well the first thing that we do every time that we get together to practice 
is we plug in our instruments and then we just completely improvise something that we have never done for about 20, 30 minutes. And uh, we just make it totally new. And sometimes we record it and sometimes we don't. Most of the time we don't. But um, it's always just like just that warm up, just get the flow state and like just kind of like warm those gears of like, okay, how are we going to talk today together? You know, like, like what's the communication going to be like today? Like, like how's everybody really doing? You know, it's, it's kind of a feelings check jam, honestly, like every time we're just kind of like hearing each other and seeing how each other plays that day. And, and uh, yeah, I, I feel like to keep it um, really experimental, like another thing that we do is like, we'll sometimes like form different bands and play at a bar and not really stress about like just guavitry, but we just like go into it as like, okay, like here's this random band and we're going to just completely improvise for the entire like two hour bar set. And so we've been doing that a little bit. We just played, uh, I got the, the bass player and the drummer, Caleb and Trayson. We have like a little like groovy side project that we don't take too seriously, but we do, we do love to use it as just like a tool of steady. Um, and uh, it's called the Three Blind Mice. And it, uh, <laughs> we, 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 we wear circle glasses so that we're like the Three Blind Mice. Dude, I'm taking it. Play. I'm taking this. I'm taking this project real seriously, dude. <laughs> <laughs> we're, uh, we're, we're, we're totally like, I don't even sing in the project. Like, I play guitar and it's just instrumental. And I do oh a lot of like, jazz comps. I do a lot of jazz And then they do like weird, groovy, like house beats behind it. And uh, it's it's pretty cool. We just completely improvise every time. And uh, sometimes we'll like dub Guava Tree songs live instrumental. And like, it's just, uh, I don't know, like there's a, there's a pizza shop down the street from where I live. And, and every Wednesday they have a uh, dollar beers for all the college students in this town I live in. And uh, uh, it's like dollar beer drafts. And uh, I know the owner pretty well. And he lets me come set up any kind of musical group that I want. Um, as long as I give him like a week or two notice and a lot of times like a really big way that we learn and just like keep keep the that uh, spontaneity just like just we just go and show up to the dollar beers and play for the college kids and, and don't play any music that we've practiced or anything like that just totally improvisational the entire time just to push ourselves to the next level and see like you know like how much of a channel we can really just be on command you know. Dude, I mean, this is up in Logan. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. I got to get up there immediately, dude. This is, I mean, this to me sounds like heaven on earth. For me to be able to take in just the idea of playing nothing that you've played before and uh, just sort of see, do you feel like some of those themes that the Three Blind Mice is sort of creating, have you taken some of that into Guava Tree? I mean, have you created some new themes already? Totally um so our drummer caleb like he's just such a (laughs) like his personality very much not so but like with his hands on the kit he's such a spaz sometimes and like he just plays these crazy beats that practiced and he's always experimenting with these new with these new grooves that are really complicated and and uh, recently he's been doing a lot of just like house beats just (laughs) kind of beats sure and like and and like he he's been doing it like as a joke like at the end of our songs to just like to try to get us to play the song in that style, and um, there's been a couple songs that we've like done in that style 
and like realized that it just sounds really, really cool. So we like kind of like rewrote it and kept it that way. Wow. <laughs> and Dude, uh, yeah, it's ahead. really cool to get that influence from him, you know, just like I'm not like the biggest like into house music, but I really like, I don't know, like these jam bands that kind of do it. Like, I don't know if you've ever heard of Lotus. I can send you an album by them, but everybody's influenced by those cats. I mean, the, 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 yeah. mod, the modern day jet and the guys I love that, uh, I don't know. They're just they're sort of straddling all. They're peeking in the over the jazz fence, but they're in the rock vein. But Lotus was just a massive influence, and yeah, please send me some of that because obviously I'm just sort of stuck in just my own '70s groove bubble. But you know, I need the uh, I need as much hipness as possible. You're so you um, just going back for a minute. I mean, when I saw you, um, you would say your influences are somewhere between world uh punk jazz and rock i mean i am curious about kind of where you hang your hat or is it kind of just like you know you sort of are still discovering like your the entire body of of, of mowgli's essence um so i feel like um there's within guava tree and like there's like kind of like I've been noticing. So, so we've been working on a, on a 12 song LP in our studio and it's, it's uh, aiming to come out, come out sometime next year. And, um, and I can send you the demos from it. I'd love you to hear it. Yeah. Um, uh, and this, uh, this time around, like, as we've been like crafting, like, okay, like what songs do, what do we want to put on this album? Like we've never done a full length before. And like, how do we want to approach it? And, I've been like realizing a lot of Guam Tree's sound is really like there's like this separation of like there's the band, the live band sound, and that has all the fusion and the and the the psychedelic influence and the reggae and the grunginess. Um, but uh, there's also that separate like just singer songwriter like jazzy like approach that I come with I I have just like in, independently. Um, a lot of a lot of songs that I've written for Guava Tree, like they just kind of start off with with just me and my guitar, and uh, I don't really show that a ton in Guava Tree. But I feel like um, the most of the jazz like really comes from, of course, Caleb the drummer, but um, a lot of the jazz comes from just like my background and learning a lot of standards and stuff when I was younger, and and so I feel that like that is absolutely phenomenal. So you're telling me that. The lot, so that's fascinating. I mean, I'm gonna definitely have to hear those, those demos. I mean, you basically start, you kind of are starting the basic, uh, rhythm. I mean, I was for the audience. I was did a sort of a man on the street interview with Mowgli, and and he just just brought me into a total Zen state with some beautiful ballads, singing just beautiful lyrics, and and it it strikes me. I mean, like when you say jazz, I mean, are you are you talking about like um, Stan, like Johnny Smith or West Montgomery, even going back to like Stefan Grappelli? I'm just trying to figure out like the kind of yeah era um, that you uh, because uh, you know the funny thing is just like I don't listen to a lot of like uh, you know even though I should uh, Nina Simone, Ella Fitzgerald, all these classic women that were just crazy singers. You know I'm listening to uh, cats that are you know, playing stuff out of the American songbook, but it's instrumental. But I mean, how yeah. did you talk a little bit about the, the, were you all the way from the twenties through the, 
sixties or where in the, in the 20 in, in, in last century or where, where did your pocket of, of jazz standards come from? Um, it, it started a lot from, uh, and I feel like I have a very wide range as far as like decades go, like the different eras that I listen to I have a pretty wide range, but I, I do listen to like a lot of like bossa Nova type stuff from, um, I want to say like the forties and fifties, like, um, Carlos, uh, Antonio Jobim, Carlos Jobim, um, the father of it all. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, um, who's, uh, the, the woman who just passed, uh, Astrid Gilberto. Astro Gilberto, Gilberto, Gilberto. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Those are like my main. Like, I don't know. I feel like I listen to a lot of Joe Gilberto, like pretty regularly. Like, one of my favorite albums of all time is is a, is one of his albums. Um, and I feel like the the coolest thing that I love about Bossa Nova is, um, it's total guitar music. Like, if you were to take any of those albums and take away all the instruments other than guitar like most of those albums would hold up really strong than just being <laughs> guitar do you remember what album you get off on with him yeah let me let me i need you to tell it. me what it is i mean because he did a bunch of stuff with uh obviously with stan Getz in the early 60s um but is this maybe a yeah, solo totally. a solo album of his i would love to know it's a solo album it's the Chega de Suade. I, I'm really bad at pronouncing. I don't yeah, know yeah, yeah. Yeah, well. no, I, I will. Uh, I'll go ahead I'll, and send it to you. Yeah, no, right man, now. I got it. What, what is it about? Is is that an? Are there are there tracks on that album where he's just playing solo, or how minimalist is um, that album? It's not very minimalist, but you you can tell just by the way it's uh it's very songwritery. Like it's not super jammy, but they do they go so many places in the album. Like each song is probably like two and a half minutes. It's very like short songs, short like just lyrics and then it's done kind of thing. Yeah. Um but just just the way that he approaches just like I don't know you'll have to listen to it. Like all these guitar like all the songs like they just the guitar takes the the whole band like just so many different places. And it, it's just really, really amazing, like how like just confident, like um, like just the guitar is like on the on the whole album, and I, I feel that with just like the the genre in general too, and and uh, bringing it back to my sound, like I feel like uh, a lot of like before I was playing in bands, I played a lot of like coffee shops and stuff, and like a, a lot of uh, covers I used to learn were just like old Sinatra and weird weird uh bossa tunes and stuff like that and, and and that relates into guava tree a lot like just i don't know i'll write a song and then uh, i'll just kind of bring it to the band and see what they think and and uh just let them play kind of whatever they feel is right and i to kind of decide if i like it or not and uh -huh. and um a lot of the times like i'll kind of like be like well i'll give them like a reference track like well like listen to this bossa song like i kind of want this groove right here like this sounds pretty cool and uh so they're the band is very um very open-minded to, to to following a lot of my visions and ideas um but there's definitely like a lot of specific like jazz i feel like from from me personally so great to hear Mowgli again man i this cat just floored me with his spirit really more than anything else when i saw him outside just setting aside all the musical talent um you know i've just done a, bu a bunch of interviews i <clears throat> came back from Californian 
stumbled into this um, set of trio, uh, three bands actually at a, at a, at a bar called uh, a bar in Phoenix that you guys should definitely try to get into is a uh, perfect for you guys. It's called the linger longer lounge. And there was this one band uh, called um, ultraviolet communication. And they were, I'd say right around your age, uh, maybe a little bit younger, but uh, essentially they've been around for a few years and incredibly gifted and interesting concepts uh, a lot of stretching fusion instrumental but also a lot of vocals and things like that and then I did three interviews with them and you know I, I, they to a man and it was kind of sad none of them can seek out none of them have any access to their musical elders uh, and I feel like that's a big issue with younger cats today is that you know there was a family tree in all genres of music back then. And, and sometimes your elders would tell you what you didn't want to hear, but then you knew you had to go back and woodshed on it. And then sometimes they were there just to clear your head and give you some peace of mind because they had been there on this earth a little bit longer than you. Um, and I feel like for younger generations, it's really hard because of the interface of technology, the lack of sort of the familial or communal musical scenes that used to exist and, so many different parts of the country. I just wonder right. how I wonder how you access outside of literature and you know relationships and just the music itself, nature. Um, can you talk about any musical elders that you that maybe that at least maybe you used to seek from, or do you have somebody that you can go to and sort of lean on them for guidance when times are are a bit opaque? Yeah, honestly, um, there's a in in Logan, Utah. That's like a huge reason I'm here. Is just the music community here is, is so diverse, and uh, it's such a huge part of just the the whole culture of the town here. And there's definitely a few like uh, musical elders of mine that um, every you know, like every few times a year or couple uh um a few times a year or i don't know like sometimes it, it becomes like regular like every every month or every every couple of weeks like i'll go out to their house and, and we'll jam and talk about music and stuff and um there's this one guy uh he's he's really known as, as a lot of people's musical elder around here in logan his name's wade evans and wade uh, evans mm -hmm. he's uh he's amazing uh he, uh, <clears throat> when he was in his early twenties, he, uh, took a, uh, if I, if I know the story right, he took a one-way plane ticket to Thailand and then he took trains all the way to India and he found India's like one of their top sitar players, like from the same community as like the Ravi Shankar guy. Same and generation, like, totally. Same yeah. generation, wow. like all those like same like people, and uh, he like went and found this guy's house, and uh, I can't remember what the the sitar player's name was, but um, he knocked on his door and and was like, "Hey, my name's Wade. I I'm in I'm I come from Logan, Utah. Like I've come all the way. I took a one way plane ticket to Thailand, and uh, I'm here, and I I I'm seeking a musical and spiritual guidance. I'd love to learn how to play sitar. And uh the 
the teacher literally just welcomed him in and um Wade has since then like been recognized um widely like by a lot of people over there and and uh he's uh traveled a lot like around a, t- a lot of parts of the world like picking up a lot of different instruments and he has uh, out at his house here in logan he's got like one of almost every kind of instrument that is unbelievable man total he's a total uh. wizard um uh total wizard and uh we sometimes we'll even get him to play like uh electric guitar in our psychedelic jam band <laughs> sometimes like <laughs> and it's the coolest shit ever like what did he say uh, i mean did you do you what did he say about, i mean i this is fascinating because um you know i've done i've done quite a few interviews with some of the people that you know whether it's zakir whose dad was alu raka or uh, ashish khan whose dad was ali akbar khan and there were all these amazing, and even recently Ashwin Batish, who plays electric sitar, and you know from Santa Cruz. And I, I, does 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 Wade ever talk about like sort of the, I'm, you know, the what was what those lessons were like in terms of learning the sitar, and not so much like the information, maybe just sort of the vibe or the essence that that teacher had with him. I mean, so many guys um, that talk about those masters those indian masters um it was it so much was done non-verbally and in fact and then there's just all this dedication that comes with it i'm just wondering if he shared like some kind of behind the scenes thing as it related to what made or how it changed him as a person yeah um so uh he usually spends like a couple months out of the year in India, um, and uh, I haven't I haven't heard a ton about like his like just what it was like to 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 be like just in like a lessons like format, uh-huh. um, but like what I have heard a lot from him is that like there's so much more to music like over there, like opposed to here in the West, like you know it's like way more of like a religion out there and like right right there's there's quite literally nine notes in between each note that we have here on our 12 note scale and 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 all of his oh you know like all the people that he's learned from like know like every single note and like they have individual names like each note has its like individual name and like even like the ranges and like of octaves and stuff it's like those those notes are still like they're independent and individual thing and these people get to know them very well on like a spiritual level and it gets to a point where wade tells me that when he comes back to america like the music he hears all around here like feels very dissonant for some reason um just yeah because, i can like, only imagine like well go ahead i'm uh, to me it just seems like he, he a disenchantment would be like in some ways, I mean, India also, it was, it's such a different place because just like anything else, they were so, um, they were so in the dark for so long and now they're not, but yet, um, you know, they, there's so much inequality there and yet there's still so much soul there. So it's just, it's fascinating that, uh, so beside him, I mean, is there somebody that you, what would you say your 
I don't know if we talked about this or not, but how have you uh, come to peace with your uh, connection to a source or a higher power? If I remember correctly, um, it wasn't, I mean, you, you kind of just shrugged off the dogma or whatever was going on in your house. Was your dad a pastor? Do I remember that correctly? Yeah, my dad was a pastor of a Christian church. and I grew up going to Christian school and totally going to church all the time and being the pastor's kid, and especially the musician pastor's kid. There's just a lot of, uh, a lot of responsibility there, like all the time. What and, was the, uh, what, as talk I, a little bit about that. I mean, responsibility to stay on this quote unquote righteous path or just the idea of like having to get people together and do all the sort of, you know, cross T's and dot I's and things like that. Yeah. I mean, all of the above, like, I don't know, like I was also adopted. So like the, um, the whole like image of like just the adopted pastor's son, like the saved person, you know, right, like, right. I don't know. Just very like, I don't know. Like it, it was almost like it, it really meant so much almost more to everybody else that I was playing drums at church than, than even to me, you know, like it was like this big thing that like, they like really like, I don't know. I felt like I was really inspiring to them, which was really like a, a good thing to look back on. Honestly, like I don't really like, have a ton of like, uh, uh, I don't have really any like resentments or anything towards it, but um, moving out of that um, environment of church um, and just like having my own, my own connection to source like um it's definitely 100 percent like through through music music is 100 percent my religion in all ways mm. um it's my spiritual practice um it's what i do every single day most of the day and uh i'd say um my my connection to 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 source through music is is my like accountability and, and like realization of like just how much of a part of everything I am you know and um and so I don't know I feel like can you go a little bit deeper about know, the, the connect no no you're 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 on fire I'm curious about like the connection to everything as a non-musician um like I want to totally understand that but I don't to- if you can go a little bit deeper on that it'd be great yeah no totally um I believe that um, if you are close enough and feel safe enough with somebody and you, and you look them deep enough in the eye, you can see yourself looking back at yourself. And that's what, that's why being human is so, is so cool is because we're, we're quite literally an animated piece of this earth that we're on and, and we get to experience it with hands and we get to experience it with uh, these like inspirations to create things all the time and facilitate ideas and stuff you know like um and so i think that um in that connectiveness you know like you know there, there's so many there's so many there's so many forks in the road there's so many uh decisions that are made you know like you know especially in the music world you know especially like being like all right am i gonna play this show like so i can like look hot maybe get laid or like am i gonna play this show because it's my practice and because like I have some shit to say to the world and, and, and I want to heal people and I want to, I want to like be the, the, the decorate, I want to be the decoration of this time just for this evening for everybody who shows up, you know, oh, like, 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 I don't know, like there, there, there's that like amount of like, I feel like 
musicians are a lot like Jedi's, you know, like we're, we're here to raise the vibrations of everybody around us with the, our craft that we have practiced on. And like, I think that, um, the, the, the accountability of that, like in a musician's mind is so important. And, and, and I take accountability for like the, uh, uh, well, I want to ask you something. Uh, Hold on. Are you, I don't want to say worried, but do you feel like so many gigs, not necessarily in Logan, but speaking generally, like cats that are dressing the part and looking the part and uh, doing the show in order to bring people in or getting the gigs as opposed to cats who actually have something to say? I guess that's my worry about, you know, in general, is just the idea that so many pop stars today um, – they can't even tour live because everything they've done has been dialed up in the studio. Technology fixes everything, but they just have a certain look or a you know, Twitter following, whatever it is. And it's, and I know that's at the pop pop level, but do you find like that you're sometimes like these cats are getting gigs, but they're, they're wanking it. They just, they're, they're looking the part. Totally. Yeah. Like, I feel like, I don't know, like sex sells. And um, I think that, a lot of people um especially like people that like aren't musicians you know like can definitely like get behind like paying for the idea of of what a band can be you know like there's a lot of bands out there that that aren't the greatest musicians you know and they're not like super dedicated to like that spiritual path of, of music as much but like it's just like their job and like it's just their like career vision and so they do whatever they can to to make that career vision work and and uh and they're and, and they're taking it's, cues, a, it's a different yeah. it's a different kind of work i think it's like a different kind of career yeah it's almost, called a burn it's know? called a burnout career i mean to totally. me it's like it's like you're 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 taking you have no ability to say anything that you really want to say in your own life because you're basically trying to conform to some business model that your management company is telling you to do in order to make as much money as possible so totally. it's just you know it's just like like so, um, I, you know, Mowgli, I just, I just want to spend a minute, like, I want you to talk about, like, how you're strategizing, because it's, this is like a time when not even set aside guavitry, I mean, even bands that, um, you know, have some, some serious, some name recognition and have playing original music and have been, been doing the sprinter band and road dogging it and um i mean the this summer is just remarkable because there's just no there's a lot of festivals but i mean cats can't get a touring uh, a tour longer than like a week or nine days and it's it's really remarkable to see um outside of like steve miller or tower of power or dead and company whatever that is like you know the because of the inequality i just wonder about in your mind's eye, how you're strategizing, gearing up for ultimately getting on the road. I just feel like your personality and sort of magic, um, really, uh, the inevitable part of it is just kind of getting across uh, this country in a domestic way, easier said than done. I just wonder if you've, are you thinking about going on tour before the album comes out and, and, and or what, what, and how are you going to go about doing that in a strategic way? Yeah. 
I hear you. Um, and if you and if you haven't gotten that, and if you're like, I'm not a strategist, then you know, because most musicians, they just want to focus on the art themselves. But everybody's got to wear eight hats today, you know. Right. Totally. Um, I think I think my strategy is um, so I, I feel pretty confident in in um, Guavitri being able to p- kind of play wherever we wherever in general like i feel like there's not a lot of places like it's kind of funny because in, in salt lake it's, it's almost like we sound like a weird band you know and then wait a minute hold on. Else... What, what is that what i do i mean you guys are the burning band so you're just saying you're playing angular raw original stuff and that makes you weird well not that's not necessarily not the rawness like salt lake is kind of super raw like, raw yeah scene. okay what but, makes like, you guys uh, outliers um just like the the psychedelic and like aspect and like the fusion of uh like so many genres like definitely like like the salt lake city music scene right now like there's like a there's a there's a sound for sure that's like like the popular sound right now it's a lot of like indie rock like electric guitars with synth songwriter folk style songwriting but like to like a loud drum beat kind of thing i did it's not oh dude so okay so do you get I, I feel like that should allow you to stand out in a positive way, but Oh, I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I, I think that like a lot of people like will discover us in Utah and, and it'll like blow their mind and it'll feel like a, a grounding <laughs> it'll it'll be like a grounding thing because like yeah. like I don't know, like to be quite honest, like a lot of the people out here are fucking Mormon and they're just asleep as fuck. Like just totally Absolutely like very their head is so deep in the sand of dogma it's over yeah totally yeah okay. and then like all of a sudden they see a band like guava tree or there's a couple other bands that are awesome in our area one of them is called over under and uh they're also very psychedelic <clears throat> fuse a lot of genres together and bands will see like the like uh, like the, the the psych bands from utah that are that are happening right now and and it'll really like blow their mind like just like the the freedom of just being able to just do what you want to do you know like i feel like in in guavishri there's a ton of freedom because i don't i just kind of like play whatever i want you know i just you know it's just like uh, yeah like the song i feel like it, it i want it to be reggae and it's going to be reggae you know and, and just because i want it to be you know not because we're necessarily like the most reggae band ever no totally no and you have just the because ability- that's what we're saying and this is what it feels like you know and like and uh, I feel like that just that whole idea, like just totally is like a part of the the root of the counterculture here in Utah. And Utah has such a, a unique counterculture because people just really like rely on it. Like the people who have walked away from the church, like really rely on the counterculture to keep them going here. And it's like a, it's it's like a, this like silent war almost of just identity you are, uh, This crisis, is so powerful, you know? man. This is so important. Um, Utah is very unique. Um, I mean, there's you know big swaths of this country that um, you know are steeped in the you know Judeo-Christian sort of dogma, but that just being so monolithic and so conformist and so square. And unwilling or unable to even see, you know, other possibilities or the ability to think for yourself. That's the great. And, and so the silent war, ultimately, you can get a lot of that frustration or you can channel a lot of that angst out on the bandstand, you know, 
through your, you know, through your messages and vocals, but boy, man, it's, can you feel that underlying, not when you're on the bandstand, but just in general, like, cause when I go, I mean, I haven't been to Utah and haven't spent a lot of time there, but can you feel the tension there? Just that you're, you're totally going to the beat of your own drum and that, because I go back to the church. I mean, again, your dad was a Christian pastor, but I feel like when you were playing drums and the the spirit was coming through you, everybody was like, oh, look at how beautiful is this that, you know, this is like a biblical story that, you know, the, the pastor adopts this this boy and, you know, David danced in the Bible. Like they, they, they sort of look at it from every other point of view, except for the fact that you, the spirit is actually coming through Mowgli. Like they can't look at you as an actual spirit being. And it's, it's just, right. a, you know, it's like a judgment kind of, and I know what you're talking about where you sort of have in retrospect, you appreciate it, but I have to believe that like, I just wouldn't, I, I you know, I, I, in some ways I just think about how I was raised and I, I, I'm so, I feel so blessed that I was, I wasn't raised with any real religion because I couldn't, I wouldn't have been able to handle that. But ultimately what I'm trying to say is, do you feel that silent war only goes, I can't keep the, the top, the, 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 the top, the, the sauce is eventually going to come out of the pot, you know? Yeah, no, totally. I, I, I think that because of like, so my dad's church was like total hippie church. And, uh, really? and when I moved to Utah, I had a big culture shock, which is like literally how square all these Mormons are. It's kind of funny. Like, I, I literally, like, it was a big culture job. Dude, Mowgli, like, man, you got to run for, for governor or something. I mean, dude, honestly, it was so <laughs> sick, dude. Go ahead, the, go ahead. They had asked me if I had a place to stay that night. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of funny. Like, Dude, it's, like, no, I like, know that shit, man. It's the, cultish. The, the, the year I moved here, I moved here in, like, 2017. And, like, literally... I remember reading in the newspaper that oral sex had just become legal in this state. I don't know how you're supposed to even regulate that to begin with, but yeah, I get it. <laughs> like, I just yeah. some like, but like, it's just, I, I mean, but like, that, that's I, just it, so it really, weird. It, it, it's just it, it so really weird. Yeah, it really hit me. And I was like, and, and, and like in Logan, Utah, like, like no one ever really, no one ever has had to deal with it that I know of, but on the books by paper it technically is illegal for women to swear in this town you get like a ticket or you're gonna get going off to jail you go to jail you you know you get you get a ticket oh my god yeah and and, paper that's what it is and i don't know i I just really never grew up around any anything like that like I, i grew up outside of seattle and it's just very different over there and um i don't know like it just People like I, like you saw me in person. You know I'm, I fucking don't ever wear shoes unless somebody really hassles me to. And I don't know, like I I got long black hair and I don't you're know. I don't a really deep spirit. You're like the kind of cat that if I saw you, I'd be like, yo, I want to hang. I mean, yeah, like, exactly. I don't know why here, you run away here, from that. Yeah. Here in Utah, like I regularly get offered money, like cash on the side of the street, and people regularly offer to buy me dinner and and offer me a play like a couch to sleep in, and uh, and uh, you know I've been homeless off and on in my life, like quite a bit, but um, I definitely have had the resources to survive without the handouts a lot of the time, like from the public, um, 
and uh it's so wild like even now it's like i'm i live in a house and i'm a business owner and i have a job and 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 uh i and wear they're still and they're still asking for and they're still giving asking if you need need a place to crash yeah, yeah people are like asking me if i'm okay like all the time like it's the weirdest thing like, you're talking about people that you don't even know oh yeah people I've oh my god know. this is weird and, yeah like, it, it's the weird like the other like the other day like i shit you not like i was walking down the street and i had a, a guitar and no shoes and this lady pulls over and she rolls up to me and she's she's like hey i just i felt by the spirit i just needed to come talk to you and i want to offer you some shoes i'd love to buy you a pair of shoes and uh and i said hey i really appreciate that thanks that's that's really kind of you but um i i, I choose not wearing shoes because it it, it grounds me uh, to to the earth and i it's really important to me to stay grounded um and uh so i choose this and uh she was like well <laughs> Dude, and that was, was so beautiful, man. <laughs> and uh, but it, it got worse. Like she was like, she didn't oh, even believe God. me. She was like, she was like, well, in case you really don't even have any money to get shoes, like I could buy you some. If oh you want. my God! And then I was like, I was like, hey, that, that, that I, I'm good. And, and then and she said, okay, well, anyways, I've been learning how to play this wooden Native American flute, and I was wondering maybe if you had any advice for me of how I could there channel you go. my my there emotions you go. into it. Yeah. And uh, I just kind of, you know, I just, I just told her, you know, you just close your eyes and, and breathe through your heart, you know, and, uh, but yeah, like, at the same time, I walked away from that conversation being like, holy fuck, like, this person just pulled over and saw me, the, the, the someone who doesn't really look super normal around here, like, and, and, and they thought I was one in distress and then they secondly thought I could teach them how to play a like Native American flute, and also that I could give them spiritual advice. It was just a lot of prejudice. I'm sorry, <laughs> dude. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. So, you know, I didn't realize that it was like an eth like a, like because of just being an ethnic cat. Like she was like, oh, he must know how to play. Maybe he's Native American or something. Like yeah, that. no, totally. Yeah. It was totally yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> like, it, dude. It I mean, me up. like honestly, like it, yeah. it really does crack me up. Like I'm like. Because, like, I don't know, like, in a lot of these people might, like, you know, back bringing it back to the counterculture here, it's, like, a lot of these Mormons, like, they really think that they're they're doing something really good for themselves, you know? Dude, you're, I want to tell you something, Mowgli. I'm feeling this right now very strongly, man. Um, the, the gift that was given to you, one of the gifts that was given to you, aside from all your just sort of artistic skills, is, like... Um, is grace. Grace is the word. Because um, without trying to judge that woman or other people that are shrouded in dogma, it's like they come out of these spiritual sessions and it's like, hey, help the downtrodden. Help, you know, pay, you know, use your resources to help people who are in need. You were not on the side of the road with a sign saying, starving need food you know she made a right. call to do that and you know there's a lot of different ways that people would handle that um I, there aren't there's only one Mowgli but I I don't know if I, I might have said get that you know what to move on you know go <laughs> just move on but then that sort of lowers the grace level so I just feel like you know man like the my, the message is that you know 
because the incline will get steeper as you continue to grow as a band and the different kinds of units and the and the and I think you're equipped. I think you are really equipped to be graceful through this whole thing, man. It's and I applaud you for doing everything that you're doing where you're doing it because yeah, you could go back to Seattle and mix right in with all the people that aren't quote unquote in distress, but you're not asking for any handouts. You're trying to carve your own way. And I just feel like to rise above that ignorance and because those cats, most of, let's be very clear. Uh, Mormons are dedicated to, uh, well, wealth. Let's just say it. I mean, there's a lot of people yeah, that just, just like, let's just say, it, you know, and they're like, and they use, and they wield that money as a commandment and say, oh, I, I can do right by whatever my my god by uh paying for other people's stuff and and it's it's just oh man i mean are there are there counter uh, are there <laughs> this is gonna sound really funny are there like uh sort of hippie mormon churches around <laughs> like the one you you were at in, outside seattle i know it was christian but no like i mean it's I mean, just like so square denominational christian yeah. churches but because it's utah like, you know like this is like the center of mormonism like it's like i don't know like the the line between church and state here like doesn't exist at all wow. <laughs> like, yeah, no, no, you nailed it that's right there's no separation of church and state there yeah <laughs> yeah Everybody, but, everyone in the legislature is Mormon. I mean, there's nobody. Damn, yeah, totally. Man. But I, what, I, what I would say, what I would yeah. say though, yeah. is is music is is a big alternative church here um, wow. because of because of that. Um, so I run a, I own a venue in 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 downtown Logan. It's called Y Sound. You would love it. It's it's oh, the center man. of the counterculture in Logan. And uh, it's right downtown, right on Church and Federal, like those streets, like right there downtown. And um, uh, there, uh, we literally like you know we have shows like every Friday and Saturday, and and a ton of awesome bands like are are there all through the week recording music at the studio and and practicing at late at night and getting ready for shows and stuff and. And uh, there's all different kinds of events, like open mics, and we'll have a drag show every now and then, or like I don't know, whatever you know, comedy night, ecstatic dance, something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's it, inclu- it's an inclusive place. Oh, totally inclusive yeah. place. Um, and uh, and it's totally it's totally its own church because you know people are people go there every week on a on a on a schedule, and they and they come there to 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 let go, and they come there to to heal and to raise their vibration and, and to relax and to express and, and be themselves in a safe place and be around like-minded people. Um, and uh, I think that's a very beautiful thing. Um, and I think that Utah needs, needs a lot of, a lot of that. And it, it makes this place a, a lot better because there's so many people here with just identity trauma. And so having something like that, like where people can just full send it and just like, Oh yeah, like we're a punk rocker tonight, you know. Like, can be is such it goes such a long way, and it just no, really I, dips into like how nerdy yeah. music really can be, and and like it's uh it's amazing. It's like when Guava Tree plays, like everybody like you know like wears flowers and hippie clothes, you know. It's really cool. I mean, I'm so you know, I, yeah, man. Like it's weird because 
I remember my, you know, I had some, I went to a summer camp, Jewish summer camp in New York for 14 years of my life every summer. And, and one of the coolest cats there uh, took off and was repairing stereos in Salt Lake in the nineties. And I feel like even though the arc of history is shorter for you, just cause you're younger, I feel like it is becoming more puritanical. It's becoming even more square than it was. I feel like I mean, maybe I'm way off, but like, I just feel like, no, you're right. Right. It's you're like right. Get, people are the, the, the hardcore people are holding on even tighter and shaming even more. Like you talk about this identity trauma, there must be a sizable minority of people amidst all the, the, the women that drive up and ask Mowgli to, uh, you know, to buy the him shoes. Um, there must also be like cats that have become so disenchanted by the hypocrisy and the, 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 the judgment and the prejudice that it maybe doesn't even out, but it's not as dire as maybe some would think. Yeah, no, I, I, I'd agree. Like, is it a slim, is it a slim minority or is it a larger minority than people think? Or is Logan just an outlier from the rest of the state? Well, the thing about Logan is, is Logan's probably the only actual college town. Like, there's a few universities and colleges in, in Utah. Right. But, um, like, we're talking about, like, colleges that are, like, inside of Salt Lake City. I dig, or, I dig, I dig. Or, like, uh, there's uh, BYU, which is not – that's, like, a Mormon college. So that's, like – like, Provo is where BYU is. And Provo is not a college town. Like, all those motherfuckers go to bed at 9 p.m. kind of thing. Well, but it's also, I just want to be clear. I, it's just this, my, my dear friend, Nico Cosmico shot into my head because she grew up, I'm not sure if she grew up in Utah, but she grew up Mormon. And that's the whole thing is that like women are like, you don't have any career. Just oh yeah. Dude, half these, the most of yeah. these Mormon women don't even have a middle name because they need room to take their husband's last name. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's so wow. bad. Something like, tells me though. You're right where you know you need to be. Exactly. I, I I think about it all the time. Like, just because, I mean, like, I think about, like, how different I am from so many people out here. But then I think about, like, how many people have, like, that I've spent time with. And, and even myself, like, how I've just being in this counterculture, like, how I've really just been given such a, a big space to, to just look at myself in so many different lenses. And just to just be me in a safe place, and and uh, I I really think that that um, the huge reason I'm in Utah is is to to be a, a beacon for people that want to really just live, you know, and wake up, you know, because this place needs that. Like, well, no, and I up. think again, going back to what I said before, you know, you're not like a fire and brimstone rebel, but you're like this really beautiful. Uh, musical healer that without even saying any real words verbally, people will gravitate to that. And, and, and people need hope at this point. And, you know, and it's, it's just, so it's, it's pretty revelatory, man. I mean, it's honestly crazy. Cause like, yeah. I like people, people in Utah will get disowned by their family for having a tattoo. And I've seen three guava tree tattoos in the last two years. She wow, yeah, Mar martyr, yeah. I mean, I I mean that breaks my heart. I, I just I don't understand like 
anyway, I, it, yeah, it's just it's way could, out of we my. Could, we could really go on about it. Like, no, no, really no, no. I really think that this was an important. I, I, I really think it's actually also, uh, because being a touring musician or an authentic original musician is hard enough, let alone putting yourself in a in a place like that. Um, you know, and and uh, so I want you to talk a little bit of just you know. If we uh, if we move into the uh, final innings of the of the Mowgli set too, I just wanted to ask you about uh, you know I, I had another interview with um, it's funny because today was Tree Fort Day because I interviewed Marcus Tenney from Butcher Brown, which was the one of the sickest bands I saw on that festival, and he yeah, was the sax so sax and trumpet player and the guy who was playing poetry and riff and poetry. And I, I just, I, I wanted to ask you the same question is the idea of, you know, Lord knows anyone who's on their path. I mean, you run into a lot of adversity. Some would say negativity. And I just wanted Mowgli to talk about how you've learned to embrace a negative, when something negative or bad happens, how you try to swing that into uh, a positive thing. Um, I'd say my, one of my, one of my mantras every day is, is I choose to send love to this situation. The, like, I think about like during, during COVID, like, uh, like how, like when the world was shutting down, like everybody was so stressed out and everybody was complaining all the time and just talking so much shit on everybody for everything. And, and I just remember like, it was so important back there and it still is important every day, you know, like when shit hits the fan, you know, like the one thing that we can do, you know, is to send it love, you know, whether that's, you know, like just some tough love or excited love or anything, you know, it's like, there's all different kinds. Oh, that is the one thing that we can do. And so I think that most of the times when, when things happen that are pretty bad, I just kind of laugh because I just can, I don't know, I just want to give it love. And I've had some pretty, I don't know, I've had some pretty uh, nightmare-like shows with, with Guava Tree before where everything around us is just, like, crumbling, but we just, as a band, we just, you know, send everybody love and just play our set, and usually the energy turns around, and it's really important, I think, to, to just let go and but know that you can still hold on to just love in general. Can you talk about that when you, um, especially with Guava Tree, like, like the ability to surrender to the fact that the PA system is a nightmare or nobody's really listening or people are talking over you or you can't hear anybody or just in general, like it's just a disaster show. And then you're like, looking around and you realize your purpose in life is as a musical healer and you guys kind of buckle up, surrender, sit in the mess. And by the end you've salvaged something at the end, you know, when the lights come back on, you guys are dripping in sweat and you're at peace. I mean, how did that, was that, was there a transition period for you where I just know for a lot of cats, they try to, you know, when things are falling apart, they try to even squeeze tighter, uh, control more. And that only makes it worse, and you don't really get any kind of residual essence. Was that a process of surrender? 
was surrender a process for you or you kind of just totally yeah can you talk about like like a defining moment when you kind of when things were just it was like dante's inferno and mowgli's like dude i'm just gonna be smiling and burning and we're gonna have a ball well i i think that um there was a there's been there's been a lot of those moments but i think that the most impactful moment was back in my childhood back when i played at church like they always told me that if I didn't have fun, I shouldn't do it. And that is always, I've always resonated with that. Like if I'm not that. having fun, I should, I probably shouldn't play. And, uh, and I play every day. It's my religion. Um, and uh, I don't know. I think that in, in a lot of moments, like, you know, there'll be a show where he, you know, the PA is all fucked up or the promoters too drunk to do his job or some stupid shit is going down and, the cops are shutting down the show and whatever and all the above i've, I, you know, I've been just, i've played in so You've many seen it all. yeah absolutely yeah um but i think that uh just uh at the end of the day i just you know just close my eyes and play you know just just play with love and i feel like that's always the the best answer you know it's like there was actually, actually, you know, this is a good, this is a good example too. Like the other day on this camping trip, I was in Wyoming with, with my buddy and my buddy, uh, he's in a, a, a very successful rock bands from, from here in America right now. Um, and uh, they're huge. They're on Capitol records and, uh, they're called the backseat lovers. And, uh, I'm really good friends with them. And the singer, Josh is like one of my, my closest friends. And, uh, he, me and him have always set up on the street corner to busk ever since we've known each other. And we always just fuck around and play on the street. And, and it's gotten different over the years because he's become like, they've become like very, very successful. And, and so there's a lot of times where in public, like people will come confront him and, and, and he plays in front of thousands of people all the time. And, and this last weekend we were busking in, in Wyoming in this little small town. There was like barely anyone there and, and nobody was paying attention at all. I no one gave, no one gave a shit. Nobody gave us a tip. Yeah. And we, we were just, we were just, and, and and I can see some frustration in his eyes. I and mean, he, he didn't even want to play anymore, you know, because like nobody was giving us a tip. Wow. Nobody was oh. coming over to watch. Wow. And wow. I just, and I looked at him and I was like, I was like, hey man, like do this for me. Like, like don't even care about like if anyone's going to do anything out there. Like it doesn't even fucking matter. Like, that's their choice, you know, like, and this is our choice for us, you know, and like, yeah, like, let's, we, ended, let's... we ended up just, we ended up just closing our eyes and just playing our hearts out, you know, and then we just ended up smiling and, and the people around us saw us glowing, you know, dude, that is the most that, I mean, it's such a simple story, you know, and it's so easy to say once, you know, God forbid, whatever success or fame means, once that goes to your head or, you know, you're not, you guys have continued to busk, but just as, as the popularity of the group has gone along, he just gets recognized a lot more. It's a lot less anonymous, but here you went to some dusty back road, mountain West town. And he was a little bit, uh, his ego was a little bit involved. And at the end of the day, it was like, Hey, not just do it for Mowgli, but like, how about the fact that, you know, this is like our lineage, you know, we've been doing this for so many years, you know, let's, let's like, like going back to the church thing. If, why are we doing this? If we're not having fun, you know, 
Let's just totally. smile, you know? Totally. And, and it's not even about, like, having fun. It's just, you know, it's like, you know, like, my guitar is my lightsaber. And if, and if my chakras aren't aligned in that way where I feel like I can use that lightsaber, you know, it's, it's important to rest, you know? Absolutely. That's, I love that, dude. I mean, it's, it, there's no point in, in using the lightsaber if, if it's not being used for the ultimate good and love Supreme kind of stuff. It's just amazing. Yeah. Um, totally. When are you, what, what, I mean, are you, are you basically, I mean, I got to come up and hang. Uh, I'm just curious about like what your schedule looks like or if things are pretty loose or what. Yeah. What, things are, what, I think we're, we're really in, we're, we're totally in album mode right now. Like we're playing, we're trying to play like a couple places out of state, like in the next few months and play some local shows and stuff. But, and we're really trying to get down to Tucson at some point. I'd love Dude, we to make got that it. No, come down. Come down when it's not when we're not in the heat dome at 115 degrees every day, dude. Word <laughs> sounds yeah, that's that 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 that's the plan. Um, uh, but yeah, and so I don't know if you were to come up here at any time, you know, we, you know, I, I could tell no, you. No, we're gonna some, rock some it some out. Badass, I mean, no matter what, I'll, I'll tell you when there's some yeah. badass shit going on in Logan specifically because there's always some cool, rad music stuff happening here. So I'll let you know. Oh no, and then then you gotta promise me that. Uh, when I come up that we'll go down to Salt Lake city, we'll walk barefoot and then someone will come up to me and offer to buy me shoes. And I got to be as graceful as you, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's crazy, man. I, 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 I seriously, in my own way, I uh, mad respect for you and all the cats in that group, man. And uh, I feel so, I love this collective of, of continual spirit animals that I've continued to, to surround myself with musically and uh every time i find you know new just new cats it's just it's it just continues to be invigorating and it reminds me exactly why i continue to be on this path so you know i love you bro and i just want you to uh continue to rise above be graceful and uh radiate all that light out to the to the cats especially when you're on the bandstand mm Dude, I, I I hear you. I I love you too, man. Thanks so much for this opportunity to to speak with you. And man, we'll do it again, friends. man. I gotta yeah. get to the yeah, man. It's 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 uh uh I gotta get to uh I gotta get to the bass player too. I'd love to talk to that cat, man. Maybe you. Can, oh yeah, maybe he's he's up. he's wild. He's a he's a psycho knot. He's crazy. Uh, anybody that's in that bastion of just off kilter crazies up in that Logan area, I mean. Even they uh, over under or any of those. I mean, I'm just looking to give exposure to those who are willing to play and think for themselves and try to liberate and liberate other people. That's kind of, I feel like our only hope at this point. So yeah, that's really man. But yeah, man, much love, Mowgli. Keep me in the loop, man. It was so good to hear you, brother. Yeah, man, and you too, man. I'll, and I'll definitely we'll we'll connect again soon. Oh Very yeah, soon. big time, brother. I'll send you. Cool. I'll send you those demos for sure. Send, send me whatever you want. Yeah, I'll, I'll. I'd love to give a deep listen to it. But I also, my only, my only, uh, one thing before we go, the music is never too precious. So don't go too crazy in the studio. Don't spend too much micromanagement. Ultimately, the goal of Wavatry is to really let those songs take on a life of their own on the bandstand. So I just see too many people too many people getting bogged down over perfection. I don't know if you'll have that issue, but 
you say you're in studio mode and just make sure you stay stay keep a good balance there oh yeah i i hear you luckily uh guava tree we, we do most of our recordings live just all together <laughs> yeah I, you guys already get that so it's not a big deal dude and please send my love to caleb and, and the cats man we'll do we'll do all right we'll man do. be cool all right peace and love yeah. late man Bye.